nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm wrong. Someone take the wheel. You just had to do it, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> Head hey, to the Capitol. Hey, who swings that? Who sings that song? Replacements. You should let them do yeah, it. Yeah, let's leave it for them. Yeah. <laughs> Fratelloni's Ace. Nope. Nope. Drop the Ace, brah. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. There we go. My favorite hardware stores. Brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 879, June 29th, 2022. It was 102 degrees on this day in 1931 and 47 degrees on this day in 1924. The swimming season is in full swing. Those kids are down at the beach right now, and I hope they're swimming on a beach kept free of weeds and muck and crud and branches and dead leaves and algae by Aquaside Products. A White Bear Lake company, the products are made in White Bear Lake. And Aquaside has been helping people maintain great lake shores for more than 60 years. These products take care of everything, and uh, they're easy to use. They work quickly. They take everything. They, take they everything. registered with the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you and the fish and your family. They're easy to order the products online at Aquaside.com and normally ship the same day. But in any event, you don't need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem, get you the correct products, and make sure your place looks great all summer long. And that swimming season is really underway. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Let's keep this in mind, shall we? We shall. When we think about our local police... Uh, Bert writes, Joe, on Monday I happened to be at a local beach having lunch and conducting phone business. As I ate, a rather loud and unkempt fellow appeared on the scene and proceeded to loudly curse and threaten the universe and everyone in it. Off his meds, but harmless. However, there were many children around, and I suspect the parents did not appreciate the abrasive running narration from this character. I did not do anything as I deemed him harmless, and besides, everyone has a phone. If they want the authorities, it's easy, but I kept an eye on them. 
About five minutes later, one of Minneapolis's finest approached the guy, and they had a quiet conversation. I was close, but not close enough to hear, but it was mellow. About five minutes later, the madman gathered his stuff and quietly departed. At this point, I heard the copper say, and have a good one, bud. No violence interrupters, no mental health squad, just a cop doing what cops do when no one ever hears about. Not sexy or newsworthy, but this happens all the time. Bert, who's noting that he thinks he'll sign his letters from now on, Amherst Willoughby. I don't know who that is. The stagecoach guy, whatever that means. Hmm. Amherst Willoughby. I believe you had that in Today in Minnesota History yesterday. Oh, Amherst Willoughby started the the route. Whatever. (laughs) He was tying it into the program. Right. Yeah. And he's right. That happens every day. Oh, I saw one. And you don't hear about it. This was Friday leaving here. Uh, what's the street back here? Barry. Uh, Barry. Not the, the one that intersects. Thank you. Territorial. I don't know a Barry, Rook. Use Barry. So I'm wow. driving towards uh, the intersection to get on 280, right? Yeah. And I see a guy tweaking out big time. Hmm. No shirt on. He had a pair of shorts on, no shoes, nothing. And he's yelling at, there's nobody around him, but he's yelling at everybody. So I, of course, roll the window down to hear what he's saying. And it was foul language, but... He was just keeping to himself, but obviously he was high on something. Right. Just walking down the street. Right. Yep. And your point being what? That yeah. I agree with what Bert said. The, yeah. the, there, it, this happens all the time. Yes, it does. But you did not see an intervention with the police. I did not see yeah. that, no. Yeah. I'm sure it came at some point, but I did not see that. Uh, we have not yet talked about the January 6 hearings, and if we have, we've done that peripherally. Okay. But I wish to address them today, because I find myself... Is this going someplace? I'm I'm <laughs> quite sick and tired. ABC is. Where doing are too we much. here? What is the point? Let's go here. I know. I don't. I, well, the point is they're trying to prove a conspiracy. That's that's their end. How game. much more was, do we I need to assume. hear? Well, I think we're still waiting for you know all the Proud Boy stuff and all that fun. But stuff. isn't isn't the president? 24-7, he's got a photographer with him. He's got people with him. Isn't everything recorded so we know what he says? But yet that single day was a bit chaotic. Let's, we, uh, we, we also now have Rook to answer your question. Remember last week a filmmaker who we didn't know they had hired, the Trump people, turned in all of his video last week to the mm-hmm. committee. Mm-hmm. So I'm certain that some of the future hearings will contain some pieces of tape that may be a let's, part uh, of this conversation. Let's introduce ourselves to a woman named Cassidy Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. She had rather explosive testimony yesterday, but unfortunately was based on hearsay. She wasn't in the beast, the presidential SUV, but she heard that uh, uh, Trump demanded to be taken to the Capitol, and the Secret Service fellow said, no, sir, we're going back to the to the West Wing, right. and he said... Uh, according to hearsay, I'm the effing president. Take me to the Capitol. And uh, he also allegedly lunged at the wheel. And there's some there's some controversy about that. I've read the comments on the story. And many people say, how could he lunge at the wheel? He was in a limousine with a window separating the front and back. Well, no, he was not in a limousine. He was in a presidential SUV called the Beast. And there was no window separating the front and back. But let's let's return to... Uh, Excuse me, but why? What would be the reason to grab the wheel? You're not driving the car. He apparently, uh, however, uh, secondhand was desperate to join uh, what he believed to be his followers 
at the Capitol. He wanted to be with them. I understand that, but I mean, grabbing at the wheel on a moving car is well, pretty stupid. Well, uh, we're offered that. Uh, what, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't usually work. I'm, that's, I guess, that's my point. It's not a good plan. Okay, but I don't want you to interrupt me anymore. Okay, I'm going to. I want to talk about this Cassidy Hutchinson. Because, Are you going to keep talking then? Yes, because another thought occurs to me: How much money would this country save? Oh my God! If we didn't have, quite literally, thousands of people employed in any given administration. I started reading about her, and I I found myself in awe of how many people are in place. Uh, She was 22 years old, a rising college senior who went to work as a summer intern in the Trump White House in 2018. She soon landed in the office of the chief of staff, an an omnipresent aide with ambitions of a career in government. So she... She quickly understood, I'm not indicting her in any way, but she quickly understood that she really wanted to be a member of that third rail, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like so many others in Washington. But on Tuesday, Cassidy Hutchinson, she's now 26, distinguished herself as the most powerful witness yet in the House Select Committee's investigation into the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol and as one of the most forceful and compelling aides to testify about former President Trump's bizarre and violent behavior during his four years in the White House. For two stunning hours on live TV, it's a New York Times piece written by Maggie Maggie Haberman, and it's written poorly in the sense that she's very comfortable editorializing in a straight newspaper story. Mm-hmm. That would never have passed Father Whalen's muster. <laughs> For two, for you know, for example, for two stunning hours, stunning is a loaded word. Hutchins described an unhinged president. That's an that's a loaded word, who she said was warned that his supporters were carrying weapons and expressed no concern because they were not a threat to him. She said Trump tried to grab the steering wheel of the presidential limousine and lunge for his Secret Service agent. Because Trump wanted to go to the Capitol and added that at one point he hurled his plate of lunch at a wall at the White House. He went Animal House on him. Yeah, he did. He just went Belushi. <laughs> he went Belushi. But that's written poorly, too, because we suddenly veer from him in the car allegedly grabbing the wheel to throwing his lunch at a wall. So I'm not impressed with Maggie Haberman, but she's New York Times and she's following a template. I grabbed the towel and started wiping the ketchup off the wall to help the valet out, Hutchinson testified. Uh, And again, we veered to that animal house behavior from the behavior in the car. Later in the day, Secret Service officials who requested anonymity, anonymity said the two men in the presidential limo with Trump were prepared to state under oath that neither was assaulted by the former president and that he did not reach for the wheel. All right. Appearing nervous initially, but growing more comfortable as she went on, Hutchinson described efforts by Mark Meadows, Trump's last White House chief of staff, to aid Trump's desire to stay in office. She described her revulsion at Trump's attacks on former Vice President Mike Pence, including his Twitter post condemning Pence while the Capitol riot was taking place. It was un-American, Hutchinson said of the post. We were watching the Capitol building get defaced over a lie. She described how Meadows seemed almost frozen by the violence that was unfolding and how he told the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, that Trump was uninterested in trying to calm his supporters. He doesn't want to do anything, Pat Hutchinson recounted Meadows as saying. Uh, All right. 
For decades, from Trump's earliest days in business in New York to the final moments of his presidency, various aides have tried to minimize his behavior. But other than Michael Cohen, Trump's former personal lawyer, few have gone under oath to describe his temper and erratic personality to the extent that Hutchinson did. And, of course, uh, Trump did what he always does. He just dismissed Hutchinson as a, a, a total phony and a loser, a leaker. And this asserted, is a recording. And asserted that he hardly knew her. Uh, but the committee, anticipating what has become Trump's standard reaction of disavowing any familiarity with his critics, established through photographs of Hutchinson with top White House aide shown at the hearing, that she was, as Rep- Representative Liz Cheney, vice chair of the committee, put it, in a position to know a great deal about the happening in the Trump White House. She worked in the West Wing, several steps down from the Oval Office, Cheney said. Ms. Hutchinson spoke daily with members of Congress, Congress with high-ranking officials in the administration, with senior White House staff, including Mr. Meadows, White House counsel office lawyers, and with Mr. Tony or- Ornato, who served as a White House deputy chief of staff. And then I got to thinking, okay, you got a chief of staff. You got a deputy chief of staff. Mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. below him, you got Hutchinson, who's an aide. Assistant to the... How, how many of these people are there? What do they make? Seriously, how many people <laughs> are there? That's not a $30,000 job. Hutchinson grew up in New Jersey uh, and graduated in 2019 from Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia. I've never heard of it. She began her career in Washington as an intern on Capitol Hill for Senator Ted Cruz and Representative Steve Scalise, the second-ranking House Republican. She was at the White House in the Office of Legislative Affairs. God knows how many people that employs. After uh, affairs, when Meadows became chief of staff in March 2020, Meadows already knew Hutchinson because she often escorted him on and off White House grounds when he visited as a member of the House and when he visited as a member of the House and a leader of the Conservative Freedom Caucus. Meadows ultimately plucked Hutchinson from that office to serve on his team. So the uh, chief of staff has a team. God knows there might be a hundred of them. <laughs> it's it's Melvin at each level. Yes. <laughs> And would often attend meetings when she would attend meetings for him when he could not. She was a close confidant of his, said Sarah Matthews, a former deputy White House press secretary, a former White House deputy press secretary. Mm. Known at the White House in GOP circles on the Capitol Hill, a garrulous, smart, and at ease with powerful people, Hutchinson was the rare example of someone close to both Meadows and Representative Kevin McCarthy the House Minority Leader, who deeply dislike each other. Other members would call her to reach Meadows. Are you beginning to see what I'm driving at here? Yeah. Hutchinson mm-hmm. was supposed to go to work for Trump during his post-presidency in Florida, but the plan was abruptly dropped. In the past several months, she has testified under subpoena four times before the committee behind closed doors. Uh, but they must have thought her so powerful they wanted to put her out on TV. Throughout her public testimony on Tuesday, she focused largely on what she saw or was told, but but did offer her personal feelings. She said she grew increasingly frustrated that Meadows did not seem to care that the protest was growing out of control. She described the day as watching a bad car accident about to happen where you can't stop it, but you want to be able to do something. That's the end of the, the New York Times piece. 
And what I took from it is uh, we're left again, the American public, who is ignored by these people. Uh, they're on their own team. Mm-hmm. They're on their own. They're in their own world. And we're left to sort this out and wonder who we believe. Do we believe what this woman heard or do we believe the Secret Service denying that Trump behaved that way in the beast, the presidential beast? Uh, how many people does Meadows employ that he has to have a team of people to be the uh, chief of staff? And then you got the deputy chief of staff, and then you got people under him. And then you go all the way down to Hutchinson, who didn't even have a job title with the word staff in it. She was a legislative aide. And it goes on and on and on and on. And we're this is part of what the American public is held captive to. This is part of what we're, we're dealing with. Right which makes pushback uh, terribly, terribly difficult. I don't know. I don't know what would compel Cassidy Hutchinson to lie. That's a pretty strong statement to make. She better be careful of her facts. Is she looking for 15 minutes of fame and writing a book? Who knows? And then uh, it doesn't surprise me that if, in fact, Trump lunged at the wheel, the Secret Service would deny it because the Secret Service on their own version of the third rail, would, would would wish to protect their reputation as not possibly letting something like that happen. We're the Secret Service. This stuff doesn't happen. We have this under control. So were they dealing with a madman on January 6th who, who lunged for the wheel and then used his free hand to attempt to throttle the driver of the beast? Uh, is that made up? Why would someone tell that to Hutchinson? Well, did Hutchinson this, buy it? She obviously did because she testified about her hearsay. It's all a big mess. Mm-hmm. And my the ultimate f- question, too, is, is this going somewhere? Right. <laughs> Where are we fella, going? The fella that she said told her is this Tony Ornato. Yep. Uh, Tony, who was, see, I don't get this. You know, you talk about the levels of government. Mm-hmm. He was the White House deputy chief of staff. And he's also a Secret Service agent. He's well, he's a deputy chief of staff. So how many deputy chiefs of staff did Mark Meadows have? Well, she told him, she told Tony Orlando at dawn. If I was president, I, Brooke, I don't have time for that BS because I'm in something serious. Uh, if I was president, the first thing I do is get rid of about a thousand people just in the West Wing. Good luck. You can't though, because they already have an office of legislative affairs. They already have a, uh, uh, I would do what I could. I would do what I could to trim it up, baby. Trim it up, baby. Trim it up, baby. Cause this is ridiculous. Why? It's ridiculous. Why is right. it allowed? Right. I don't know. Because the third rail well, has gotten away right. from us. It's just gotten away from us. That's not right. What do you want? Sidekick Side in a can. Um, I was trying to get your attention whenever you were done. With well, I'm going to tell you about Schmelz. Please do so. I told you the other day yeah. that if somebody was going to do electric right, it would be Volkswagen with the ID4. I might not personally be a candidate, but I've driven it. It's amazing. It's got technology and stuff. And stuff. But I got, you know, Timbuktu comes in again. Uh, no, not Timbuktu. That's a different email. This is from uh, Paul. You're right that VW will be the company to do it right. 
They are working on scaling up a recycling process to recover 95% of an EV's battery pack. Mm. And the process is to be reusable with the goal of making it a closed-loop process that would almost completely remove new raw materials from the process of making the next battery. I told you, if VW was going to do electric, they would do it right. I'm talking about Countryside Volkswagen in Maplewood at the corner of Highway 61 and 36, where there's a family of great Volkswagen SUVs, the Taos, the Tiguan, and the uh, the brand-new family-size seven-passenger Atlas with 5,000 pounds towing capability, and the uh, gas prices have us all frustrated. Test drive and order the order the all-electric Volkswagen ID4 SUV. It's named the 2021 World Car of the Year, and it sounds like Volkswagen is getting out ahead of the curve to confront this battery question. How many minerals have to be taken from the earth? How much earth has to be plowed up to find the minerals? Volkswagen is on top of that and could be facing a situation where they can recycle 95% of a car's EV battery. You might want to take that into consideration. I told you, uh, if Volkswagen's going to do electric, they're going to do it correct. These are great people. It's a multi-generational dealership, great service. The only way they can stay in business is great service because they're competing against people that have dozens of stores. This is it. Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen in Maplewood, 36 and 61, Details at SchmelzVW.com. Youth on Course allows youth access to play golf at over 100 courses in the state of Minnesota, 1,800 nationally for $5 or less. Membership is available for boys and girls ages 6 to 18. There are nearly... Excuse me, there are currently nearly 10,000 Minnesota Youth on Course members enjoying access to courses all over the state. Youth on Course members spend more time with their families on the course enjoying the game of golf. Nearly 50% of the rounds played by Youth on Course members are played with family members. Members also have the ability to earn scholarships and internships throughout the program. To join Youth on Course or to donate to the program, just go online. Visit mngolf.org slash youthoncourse. Joe Suchere, the keeper of common sense. Okay, name brands. When you think of Red Wing, some people think about the Detroit Red Wings, but most people think about the town and the shoe. Red Wing shoes is a staple across the country, not just here in Red Wing, Minnesota, or in strictly Minnesota. It is international. And Garage Logic loves the fact that they advertise in this podcast. Minnesota's own Red Wing shoes. Now, Red Wing stores have experts in making sure you get the best fitting shoe or boot possible. They don't have boxes you go through and all that other stuff. They have experts that will find the right footwear for your job, which is extremely important. Very warehouses. I don't care what you're working in. You can find the perfect boot and the perfect size. Start buying shoes the right way again. Stop into a Red Wing store and get fit properly. That's key to Red Wing. They're going to last forever. Visit them in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Red Wing Shoes. Go in there, tell them you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. And remember, Red Wing Shoes, work is our work. Let's get back to the, the January 6th hearings yes, sir. where I began this conversation with an aside at my wonderment. At just how many, how many aides and sub-aides and aides are, are involved in these administrations? But you would also said during the end of that, you know, who to believe. 
But if the Secret Service people testify under oath, don't we pretty much have to take them at their word? Well, and plus, didn't Miss Cassidy Hutchinson testify under oath? But she heard everything secondhand, you said, right? right? Well, let's get back to the original question. Is this going somewhere? (laughs) We have runaway inflation. We have migrants dying horrible deaths at the border because this administration has no border policy. We have runaway gas prices. We uh, we have a shaky standing in the world. We are facing possibly a recession, and yet Congress shows up every day almost obsessed with this, which is becoming quite theater-like. I mean, they, they tipped their hand when they told us at the beginning that they had an ABC News producer produce the hearings. Uh, that was a tip-off to me that they intended for this to be uh, quite dramatic. Okay, that's fine, but where are we going? Well, there's a CBS piece that answers my question. Uh, What will come of these hearings? Can criminal charges be filed? These hearings are not a trial, but they feel like it, except there's no cross-examination. Right. It's a—it's— Okay. Congress is laying out its case. It's providing the witnesses. It's showing the evidence, said Dave Schultz, a constitutional law professor here locally. Is there a probable cause? Is there a belief that maybe Donald Trump did something illegal? I think Congress is trying to make that argument and to try to convince the American people of that fact. Who makes the determination if charges will be filed? Not this committee. That would be up to the Department of Justice and Attorney General Merrick Garland, who said he's watching the hearings and that the Justice Department will follow the law and facts where they lead. I can assure you that the January 6th prosecutors are watching all the hearings as well, said Garland. The AG's team has already prosecuted hundreds of insurrectionists, but the congressional hearings have focused primarily on who the committee said ultimately planned and encouraged the attack, former President Donald Trump. May I offer an aside there? Go. I think you'd have a hard time proving that he planned it, John, that he planned this. That does not seem plausible. I think they're looking for the smoking gun where we find out uh, maybe uh, some proud boys, et cetera, et cetera, met with members of his staff to Mm -hmm. coordinate what happened on January 6th. I think that's ultimately what they're trying to prove. I don't know if that'll happen. Can the president face charges based on the evidence that presented so far? Potentially, yes, said Schultz. Hmm. All right. What Uh, charges does he say? or No. The uh, oh. why did this cut off after two pages? To piggyback on your question of is this going somewhere? Mm-hmm. Is there a deadline? No. I mean, is no. this is this something that could go on for? Oh, please no. That's what I'm worried. Please no. But Ro- Rome is burning. Uh, so get to the point here, January sixth committee. Let's go. Don't is this going somewhere? Ultimately, don't you think they? Here's what I think. I think the committee wants to make sure Donald Trump doesn't run for the presidency again. Right. You know what I mean? Fine. I think that's their ultimate goal. Right. Uh, as a political thing. I think that's their ultimate goal. So they're going to have to put some kind of time stamp on it, even because even the midterms that are coming up, there obviously are Trump people who are running, uh, that sort of thing. So to cut his influence with the Republican Party, don't you think basically that's what the Democrats want to do? I, I think. 
Yes, but you're alerting me to an interesting question. Is it really mm-hmm. Congress's job to determine who can run and not run for president? No, it's not their it, job. It is not, but no. is it their job to determine? I mean, you talk about other things that are going on, so we ignore crime because other things are going on? See, I don't understand that thought process. No, no, yeah, no. No, I, I what I mean is they're they're really taking time out from the pressing urgencies that are afflicting the citizens of this country. Uh the border, inflation, gas, you name it. And they're taking their time to do this. I just what I want to know is what's your end game? Let's go here. Well, I, uh, how I much think more evidence in- does Garland need? If Garland doesn't have enough evidence now, are they going to find more for him? Right. Well, uh, allegedly, we're going to just carry these through July, and that's it, right? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What what we keep reading, anyway. We're going to have hearings through July, and if at that point, then they don't think there's anything to charge. Rook, go charge, to the uh, CCO, the local CCO website, please. Uh, that's where I got this story. Why did it stop printing after two pages? It's a four-page story. Maybe my printer ran out of paper, and because it was the last thing I printed at home, I didn't know that. I have a few guesses on why it didn't print, but I'll no, it printed you. fine the first two pages. Because I want to get to Chris. the point. Uh, you'll find the story, Rook. Uh, it, it says uh, what what will come of the January six hearings. You should find it rather quickly. On the local Channel Four website, CBS Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, what news. will become? What will become of the uh, January six hearings? I think this is terribly important to understand. Did you know Mark Rosen has a hair clinic? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that Why are you picking there? on Rosie? What is- Visit WCCO Radio, Mark Rosen's hair clinic. Oh, it was an ad. I see. Yeah, That's I was why. Just at oh, the, okay. Have you found it yet, Rosie? Why no, are you picking January on Rosie? Six, what did he do? They yeah. keep updating it, so it's not uh, news uh, revelations. Uh, what will come of the January 6th here? That's there what I'm go. after. There yeah. we go. Okay, now bring the story up. Okay. Go down to halfway through the story. Okay. Uh, Potentially yes, said Schultz. If no charges are filed, is this all for naught? The last sentence is Trump has called the hearings a smoke and mirror show. He stands by his claim that the election was stolen. Okay. <laughs> well... It, Okay, thank you. The hearing's on a break until July. Oh, uh, and well, there's... July starts Friday. Yeah, tomorrow. No, Friday. Oh, Friday. Right. Oh, and there is audio accompanying that story as well, I just found. And Congress later impeached the former president for inciting an erection, an insurrection. No, that'd be insurrection. <laughs> right. Some nice job, Come on, Frankie. Frank. <laughs> Whoops. I forgot to tease him about that, the graduation, the oh. UST graduation. I saw him. What I know is that uh, <laughs> there's congressional hearings. According to hearsay, the president went animal house on him. <laughs> and he was prone to throwing his food and, and having his tantrums. Uh, but... So far, Garland, uh, all Garland will say is, well, yeah, I'm watching this, and our prosecutors are watching this, but they haven't taken any action. I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, Maybe they'll ultimately say, you know what, we don't have enough evidence to prosecute him for what? A conspiracy to uh, uh, upend the election? If you remember there, Mr. Impatience, Mm -hmm. go back in history, Mm -hmm. two and a half years it took for the whole Watergate thing to unfold. Yeah, And Watergate, as some people have pointed out, may seem like small peanuts mm-hmm. to this if there actually was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years. Right. 
Well, this hasn't been too happy. Well, that gets us back to the question, did Trump plan this? That's, that, I think that's ultimately what the committee has to come up with or right. Merrick Garland has to decide, whichever, you know, depending on what the evidence is. So, okay, then and, there's a paper trail. If he planned this with the uh, Onion Boys or all those bad guys, the there, there's, a, there's a paper trail or whatever they are. I don't, know well, I don't think you'd leave it. Would you leave a paper trail if you're going to plan it's a impossible not insurrection? To. It's impossible not to in this digital age to... to if you're calling on a group to come here to wreak havoc, here's it's what not I just think. wink, wink. Here's what I think. Check Take it, it for what it's worth. Yes. I think this happened organically on January 6th, and I think he was thrilled that it was happening. Yes. But I don't think he spent the previous six months organizing what was happening in front of his eyes organically. I think this was the power of his cult and that he— uh, he saw it, and he wished to seize upon it. His true believers. Right. But I to think that he planned to bring these people to Washington, uh, that strikes me as far-fetched. Do you— uh, I would agree. Would you agree that Roger Stone was a confidant of his? Yes. Roger Stone spent the week before all this meeting with Proud Boys. Okay. Uh, do you think that was just because he likes them? <laughs> no, I and, think and, that's— okay, a- and that's not— that's not saying that Donald Trump was involved with that, but I think Stone certainly was a confidant of his. I, I think that's another example of, of the mm. thousands of cooks involved with this making of this broth. Mm-hmm. Just thousands of them. And uh, I don't know where this leaves Cassidy Hutchinson. Uh, I don't know whether to believe her or not believe her. I, I, I find it difficult to believe that she would make these things up. Uh, but I don't know. You get immersed in that third rail— and you have it's so tough, many. It's tough to leave. Yeah, you get immersed in it, and you have so <laughs> many outs. There's so many places where the buck does not stop. Uh, it, it's in fact we've reached a point in American life, political life, where it doesn't stop. It, it never stops. It's never yeah. going to stop. <laughs> it never stops. There's always a way to deflect and de- and and uh, defer. And uh, I'm not indicting her of that. I'm just merely suggesting that. She was one of hundreds of, of bodies walking around in the West Wing, and and there's there's too many of them. There's just too many. There's too many. You you can fall. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, one of our biggest problems we face is the idea that there's just too many people on board now going unchecked. Part of that, and that's another completely different topic, but that is the decline of the American newspaper, which is unable to now keep these city halls in check Mm -hmm. because they don't have the staff. Mm -hmm. They don't have the people. But to switch dramatically back to the local scene, Minneapolis could soon hire a new commissioner to oversee police, fire, and other safety services if the city council gives final approval later this week. The new commissioner would report to Jacob Fry and be responsible, providing planning, direction on a comprehensive overhaul community safety approach for Minneapolis. Fry said Tuesday, this will be arguably the most consequential hire I'll ever make. He told council members the commission could start as early as mid-July, but stopped short of uh, specifying whether he had already offered the job to someone. Okay, stop right there. I so have you're a gonna, question, yeah. Just a minute. So you're going to bring aboard a new commissioner who would report to Fry. How many aides will that commissioner have? Not to mention, wasn't this what the group of 22 was supposed to be doing? 
Or is that a different? I think set this of is. A, I think this is an outgrowth of what the group of twenty-two might have recommended. Dear God! So we're going to have not only this person <laughs> and their team of cronies, but we're going to have twenty-two other people involved well, I, in this. I don't know if that twenty-two member group disappears now that they uh, uh, supposedly have completed their their task. Wow! Or, but the creation of the new office of community safety has been the center of recent discussions about how city officials should aim to fulfill a promise to transform public safety following George Floyd's murder in 2020. Well, you transform public safety by arresting bad guys and prosecuting them and throwing them in jail. It's a nice start. I think Minneapolis's parents are away for the summer right now. City council members in a meeting yesterday gave gave tentative approval for a plan to create the new position for a community safety commissioner, a job that comes with a salary from about three hundred grand to three fifty. Mm. All right, a final vote is expected tomorrow. City officials would still need to pass a separate ordinance to set up the office and flesh out details of its operations. Mm. How many aides de camp are you going to bring aboard? However many. You How want. many aides is the new commissioner of public safety going to have? You have a deputy commissioner of public safety. Yep. You're going to need a secretary. You're going to need underlings under that. Right. Oh, staff. Yeah, and it's all, it all results in nothing gets measured for achievement. So go back to Sasha Cotton, the departing uh, woman who With was in charge of uh, violence legacy. interrupters. Yeah, she had a good legacy. The violence interruption program is impossible to measure for achievement. And success. There's too many deflections. There's too many outs. Right down to the fact that when we call them, we can't reach them. Hello. <laughs> you know, with all these jobs and committees, how did I just not fall into a PR job when I was 40 years old? Right. What the hell? What the hell was I doing wrong? Wait a minute. <laughs> there was a period when newspapers were healthy that the only reason somebody would leave a newspaper was for a higher paying job in PR. Yeah, oh yeah. And then newspaper salaries caught up to those PR salaries and people began leaving newspapers less frequently. Sure. And then along came the digital world and newspapers got hammered over the head. (laughs) A job posting for the Community Safety Commissioner provides some hints about how the new office might operate. Among Among other departments, the commissioner would oversee the leaders of police, fire, 911, emergency management, and neighborhood safety services where the city's violence prevention programs are likely to be housed. The posting says the city is looking for a commissioner with at least 10 years of experience at an executive level leading a complex organization or function where accountability for meeting goals and achieving results is valued. I would hope it's valued. Of course. And it says the person should have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, public safety, public health, public administration, or a closely related field. This is part of a larger plan hatched by Fry last fall after after voters approved a measure. Approved a measure. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, handing him more power over the daily operations of most city departments. So what did he do? He handed off the power and said, I want to hire somebody to do the powers you just gave me to do. So, um, go ahead, son. No, I was just going to (laughs) say, what this then will end up creating is an endless pit. It's creating chaos. Yeah, and we already have an endless pit. That's true, too. It's creating chaos. Thank God St. Paul's got everything in in order. Well, listen to this. You wonder where Mayor... (laughs) 
John, you were right. Maker. I wasn't going to be able to help myself today. You wonder where Mayor Carter is. Crime is up. The tax base is down. Rent control is a mess. There's homeless living along the riverfront. Light rail is a bastion of crime. It's dangerous. <laughs> but the mayor today, in fact, right this moment, Mayor Melvin Carter is making an announcement during the Midwest Asset Building Conference about the city's guaranteed income and college savings oh. program. We're, we're Excellent. 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 The Midwest Asset Building Conference brings practitioners, policy wait, wait, wait. advocates. Mid, what was that? The Midwest? I got to write this down. The Midwest Asset Building Conference. <laughs> Brings practitioners, policy advocates, and researchers together to strengthen our collective work to disrupt the racial wealth divide and help families build property and prosperity in the Midwest. We are happy to welcome you to St. Paul near Bedote in Wachapi Oyade, the star nation of the Dakota people in Minnesota Makosi. Are we eligible for that? No, of course, I'm not a St. Paul resident. Right. If you would be, you'd be paying such it's high property say, taxes. It's, it's not just St. Paul. It's it's the growing deterioration of uh, a city. Uh, Town and Country Club is the only golf course within the city limits. It's a private golf course. Sure. And it's in the middle of a deteriorating city. And I have heard from people that increasingly crime is rampant there. Cars are broken into and cars are stolen. The club now hires at $100 an hour a St. Paul policeman. You're kidding. To be on site. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's to the point where it's so cleverly done that there's lookouts, and they watch people arrive, and they can tell if they lock their cars or not. And if they don't lock their car, they descend on the car and well, rifle through it. Who the hell's it. not locking their car? A lot car. of people are absent-minded and don't lock their cars. I have a good friend who got his car ripped off. He didn't lock it. Wow. Hmm. And his phone was in there. Does he read the newspaper? Well, <laughs> I, I was copied by uh, an emailer. Uh, Wait, Rick, I know how to get rid of that car finally. I'm going to drive it to town and country, leave the doors open. Leave it there. I'm not locking it. <laughs> An emailer uh, who did this, uh, Christy Otto, uh, was telling me about uh, she and her husband went to Mass at the cathedral on Sunday, June 26, and then took a walking tour with other people and was de- despairing at what she saw of the deterioration of the city. But she also copied me on the sermon they heard that day from Father Eubel. And basically, it's his story of his trip on light rail line and how harrowing it was. Harrowing it was. Wow. Mm. So, Father uh, Eubel's trip? Yeah. Oh. So, so Carter, you got light rail problems, you got homeless problems, you've got crime problems, and you're very concerned about uh, giving people money that you'll have to get from people who actually earn it. And Kenny and I talked about this yesterday. I don't believe we were recording the show, but it's a it's a viral video locally that's circulating throughout the uh, the social media in the Twin Cities of, I believe it was a dad taking his kid to a Twins game. Mm-hmm. And there's two people sitting there having a conversation while one of them is smoking meth on mm-hmm. the light rail. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Right out in the open. Is there a meth section? And it was a it was a day game because it's broad daylight out in okay. a light rail car. Got it. Mm-hmm. It's a nice city we got there. A couple of cities that we got there. I bet they paid full fare, too. Among I'm the sure priest did. comments are, while I readily admit that anecdotal evidence does not equate with scientific data, I am convinced that my experience counts for something. 
Recent media articles support this. There is nothing about riding the green line after dark that would give any citizen confidence that his or her safety is ensured, for it is manifestly not. I, for one, will never again set foot on that train as the situation currently stands. I read an article which details the North Star commuter rail stretching from Minneapolis all the way up to Big Lake, Minnesota today, offers only four trips where it once offered 14. Even more troubling is the statistic that points to fare box revenue covering 12% of annual operations in 2021. Let that sink in. The amount of money that riders pay into the system covers just over 12% of its cost. No business, large or small, could ever stay afloat with margins like that. Ridership is significantly down from pre-pandemic days and he goes on to say that my experience confirms that ridership is down for many additional reasons it was a long sermon and uh, uh he he just found what we all know it's too damn dangerous to go on light rail yep which is a crying shame there's there no light rail at giants ridge no no you can get there on a tank of gas yeah get there on a tank of gas consider it maybe your family vacation destination for this summer because it's the best golf in the state at the quarry and the legend and uh also for the people in your in your party not playing golf there's water recreation biking hiking the newest and largest lift serve mountain bike park in the midwest dining lodging and more but uh, a 37 hole special now through august 29 to play the legend and the quarry 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf for one fee, and then lunch on them at the Wakuda Grill that features one of the finest and most peaceful overlooks in all of northern Minnesota. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Wonderful. You can see 3D course flyovers of the legend and the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. And yesterday, we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the legend, 20. Fifth anniversary, and that sparked the golfing boom nice. in Northeast Minnesota. And you now can take advantage of that boom with the legend and the quarry at Giants Ridge. You can make your tea time by calling Giants Ridge at 218 865 8030 or book tea times online at giantsridge.com. Well, one day isn't good enough for our man, Rich, at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. So he's starting the 4th of July celebration early. It actually started on Monday. And then he's celebrating the 4th all month, all of July, with an incredible sale on every safe he has in stock. Nothing more Americana than the Liberty brand of safes. They're made right here in the United States of America by Americans. And all in-stock Liberty safes Marked down 20% right now. It's a 4th of July sale, but it's all month. And But you know what? Let's face it. Rich, he's the main reason to buy at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. He's the one that's going to make sure it's the right safe for us. It's the safe that meets our needs and our budget. And in most cases, Rich is going to get us more safe for our dollar. And that's why you should log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Get familiar with the Liberty brand. And then get over to East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove. Say hi to your new next best friend, Rich, and enjoy 20% off the in-stock safe of your choice at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Truth, justice, and the souchere. Time for a little change. Time for a big change. If you're sick and tired of walking in the house, 
and you're looking at the same old carpet that, I don't know, it's been there maybe 10, 15, 20 years, it's time to upgrade. There are so many advances made with flooring, carpet, etc. that you need to check in with Redmond's Flooring and Design in Anoka. They've got a design center right there. You come in, tell them what you want. Carpet, hardwood, tile, vinyl, waterproof. Yes, they've got so many wonderful products. And Redmond's, of course, features Mohawk, the biggest name in flooring. Give them a buzz at 763-316-3332. Mike and the crew have a wonderful website you can poke around in. Estimates are free. And Mike came over to my place and he said, yeah, you're due for a kitchen floor. So we go to the design center, we pick it out, they install it, boom, we're good to go. They've been doing that for 50 years so they know exactly what they're doing. If you want to get a review or two, check out the five-star reviews from the customers at redmans.com. That's R-E-D-M-A-N-N-S.com. Again, working with Mohawk, the top name in flooring. 763-316-3332. Please tell them you're a GLer and you listened to the podcast, and that's how you heard about Redmond's Flooring and Design. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. I was just looking at this. has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, you guys know Dustin Morse, correct? Sure. Twins you PR Dustin, guy. Yep. Twins PR guy. Yep. He put a thing on Twitter, Byron Buxton's last 162 games. So that would be a season, right? Right. Or 162 games. Uh, if he'd played these straight, he is hitting 270 with 52 home runs, 95 RBIs, and 36 doubles. It's a BS incredible. statistic because he hasn't well, played 162 hey, games. When's your apology, by the way? About what? Today's Buxton cool. update. He's got 20 home runs. It's not even Fine. July 1st. I wish he'd play more. Yeah. 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 He okay. hit a just, bomb last night. Mm-hmm. Throw that out there. By the way, I, I thought it was Rook, kind of amazing. Yep. Uh, full disclosure. Well, John's doing his news, I know. Chris. You're my guy and everything, right? Yeah. Rook pointed at the TV when Jorge Polanco hit a home run on Bally Sports North and I had to tell him that that was yesterday's game. Yeah. Ah, Whoops. okay. Well, they're ahead today, yeah. too. Here's, here's John Height. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. One man taken to the hospital after a shooting that forced law enforcement to clear out the Marcus Oakdale Cinema last night. Hmm. The Oakdale Police Department said officers responded to a shooting report just after 10 o'clock to the theater on Hadley Avenue North. Police say they found a 23-year-old man with gunshot injuries inside Theater 17. The suspect flood has not yet uh, flood fled and has not yet been arrested. No one else was hurt. Marcus Theater says the theater will be closed during the investigation. An update will be posted on its website when possible. The Oakdale Police Department, the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, and surrounding agencies are investigating. I remember you, Mr. Souchere, once saying uh, you always look for a way out when you're at the theater. I and do. we all thought you were nuts. And, yeah. And this situation. Doesn't that rest my case, Jeff? It does rest It, your it case. really does. Yeah. You're correct again. Somebody posted a video of driving by this theater and all the squads that were there. I saw it on the Five Eyewitness News last night. Man alive. Minnesota Department of Corrections Commissioner Paul Schnell is calling for more investments in housing as a state report shows about a quarter of those who are released from prison enter into homelessness. The legislature passed a law in 2021 which requires the DOC to track information. Schnell said if we want them to be successful, which is in our best collective interest, then making sure there's a stable reintegration and stable housing is a key piece. 
The DOC collected and analyzed data from January 1st through December 31st of 2021. The report showed that there were more than 1,100 releases from Minnesota prisons to sheltered or unsheltered homelessness from the state's 11 prisons. According to the report, some people may have been released more than once in a given year. So the data accounts for a total number of releases, but not the total number of individuals who exited prisons. The prisons in Faribault, Stillwater, and St. Cloud accounted for the highest number of releases, more than 200 each. According to Chanel, case managers at each prison work with individuals before their release date to try and develop a housing and work plan that is sent to a county-supervised release agent for approval. Wait, but check this out. You mean to tell me you just said some of these people have been released from prison twice? That's correct, in the same wow. year, yes. Oh! In 2021. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Delta has issued a waiver to give customers more flexibility just in case of holiday weekend flight disruptions. Airline released that statement yesterday. Delta says the system-wide fare difference travel waiver, which accounts for flights running from July 1st through the 4th, allows customers to rebook trips with no fare difference or charge fees. All rebooked travel must take place by July 8th, and the origin and destination must remain the same. Delta attributes current challenges to high customer volumes and pandemic-related strains, which have affected airlines across the board throughout summer travel. When travel was tricky for Memorial Day weekend, Delta had the most cancellations at the airport here in the Twin Cities. Which is why it is so important to have the right travel agent stay tuned. But basically they're saying... You're on your own. Uh, <laughs> but a travel agent can still help you. True. Stay and tuned. They have connections. So stay tuned. Stay tuned stay for tuned. further developments on that. Yes. When it comes to the abortion issue, Minnesota Democratic Governor Tim Walz says he uh, sees an opening to gain traction over his Republican opponent, Dr. Scott Jensen. He says, the difference between my position and my opponent's extremism could not be clear. He said that at a news conference yesterday. He said Scott Jensen has pledged to ban abortion without exception for rape and incest. Well, it's close, but not entirely accurate. Jensen has not pledged to ban abortion. He's even acknowledged there's not much he can do to ban abortion if he is elected because of a Minnesota Supreme Court ruling that protects the right within the Minnesota Constitution. However, he has offered his opinion on several occasions that abortion should only be allowed if the mother's life is in danger. On WCCO Radio in May, Jensen was asked regarding abortion, no exceptions for rape or incest, and he replied, unless the mother's life is in danger. He said much the same thing, although in a more nuanced way in a Facebook video he posted before the Walls News Conference yesterday. In a video, Jensen says Walls is the one with the extreme position on abortion. He said, I think Governor Walls is extreme if he thinks it's okay to do an abortion in the 39th week. Well, at his news conference, the governor angrily denied he's ever said that would be okay. He said, I've done a thousand of these as a member of Congress and as a governor. Not one time have I ever said that. Some Minnesotans are struggling to put food on their table. That includes areas in greater Minnesota where food shelves are seeing more demand now than ever. Community Pathways of Steele County in Owatonna has seen a 65% increase from last year. Zach Roberts with Community Pathways of Steele County says we've been seeing about 250 families each week this time last year. Over the past six weeks, we've seen 420. Last week was our highest week ever at 485. Robert said the demand is limited, what Community Pathways of Steele County has in stock. Higher gas and food prices are to blame for higher demand at food shelves all across rural Minnesota. Uh, Twin Cities-based Target Corporation recently finished remodeling its 1,000th store. 
passing the halfway point in a chain-wide renovation that began before the pandemic and has cost the company billions of dollars. <laughs> this year is the most active yet in Target's program, nearly 200 full-store remodels and 200 fulfillment-related models, which add features like canopies and drive-up areas, are scheduled for completion. U.S. will make its biggest military expansion in Europe in decades, including a permanent troop presence in Poland as NATO prepares for two more members to join the alliance in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. President Biden said today at the opening of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization Summit, we're stepping up. We're proving that NATO is more needed now than it ever has been. The U.S. will add to the 100,000 troops it now has in Europe and deploy more military equipment to NATO allies. The additions include rotational deployments to Romania and the Baltic region and a permanent army headquarters base and other units in Poland. Until now, the U.S. and other allies have only rotated troops in and out of NATO countries once under Soviet domination, not permanently located them there. Uh, new plans also include sending additional Navy destroyers to Spain, a short-range air defense battery to Italy, and two squadrons of cutting-edge F-35 jet fighters to the United Kingdom. A woman who gained her fame as a denier in the 2020 election has lost a primary battle in Colorado. Tina Peters, you might remember her, she's the Colorado County clerk who's facing criminal charges for tampering with election equipment, lost the Republican nomination to be the state's top election official, uh, official defeated by Pam Anderson, a former county clerk. The race was among several closely watched contests this year in which Republicans who denied the election results are seeking key roles with oversight of elections. In March, she was indicted and a deputy in her office also indicted after they allegedly helped an unauthorized person impersonate a county employee and access the copy information from the county's voting equipment. Didn't two Trump back candidates lose in Colorado? They did, yes. Okay. Two uh, Trump candidates in there and uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, mm -hmm. uh, what did uh, she won? She mm -hmm. uh, got 64% uh, of the vote to run as the Republican candidate there. British socialite turned convicted sex trafficker. Is, is it just Lane? I never know how to say it. Gislaine? Whatever. Maxwell? Okay. Gislaine. Gislaine. She was sentenced to 20 years in prison for her, her role in helping rich and powerful pedophile Jeffrey Epstein abuse young girls. U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan said the sentence of 240 months was, quote, sufficient and not greater than necessary for Maxwell. She earlier addressed the court and told victims and what witnesses said was a half-hearted apology, I am sorry for the pain you experienced. As she finally learned her fate, the 60-year-old predator's face remained inscrutable and she briefly hugged her attorney before leaving the courtroom. She did not speak to her siblings who were seated in the row behind her. I have little interest in this character, but was she Epstein's girlfriend? Yeah, they had a And if so, what was in it for her to keep supplying them with the younger people? I would guess money, but I'm not sure. I don't sure. know. What a bunch money. of fruitcakes. I, I do like, though, how we uh, placed her on suicide watch, and yeah. her attorney said, well, she, she's, not, she's not suicidal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi met with Pope Francis on Wednesday and received communion during a papal mass in St. Peter's Basilica. <laughs> <laughs> Did we have to pay for her to go there? Uh, I, I would imagine, staff. don't you think? Probably, yeah. Pelosi attended the morning mass marking the feasts of Saints Peter and Paul, during which Francis bestowed the woolen pallium, stole a newly consecrated archbishops. No, I, I read that wrong. Bestowed the woolen pallium stole 
on newly consecrated archbishops. Mm -hmm. There we go. Mm -hmm. She was seated in a VIP diplomatic section and received communion along with the rest of the congregants. The issue here, of course, uh, well, uh, Pelosi's home archbishop, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione, said he would no longer allow her to get the sacrament in his archdiocese because of her support for abortion rights. Cordelioni, a conservative, has said that Pelosi must either repudiate her support for abortion or stop speaking publicly of a Roman Catholic faith. She has done neither. She described the recent Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade as an outrageous and heart-wrenching decision that fulfills the Republican Party's, in her words, dark and extreme goal of ripping away women's rights to make their own reproductive health decisions. I wonder what Christ thinks of the fact that in, the, in Rome you got a VIP section. In the pews. <laughs> right. You, know, you sit right. over there, Nancy. Right. Forget these people yep. behind yep. you that have been waiting in line for 10 hours. <laughs> Do you want anything to drink? Yeah. You good? God almighty. The lounge. <laughs> You're in the lounge. The, uh, <laughs> one of the rock and roll cliches we've always uh, all known and always made fun of is uh, yelling out the wrong city you in. Like, you know, hello, Detroit. Right. Yeah, in Cleveland. That right. sort of thing. Well, Kiss uh, took it one step further on uh -oh. its latest end-of-the-road tour stop. After a finale of a recent KISS gig in Vienna, Austria, a thank you message displayed in the arena depicted not the Austrian flag, but the Australian flag. Oh, that's enough! That's close, though. It's close. It's close enough. I'll put another shrimp on the barbie for you. <laughs> that is, that's straight out of Dumb that. and Dumber. Yes, it right. is. The two countries, of course, are separated by, oh, a few letters and about 10,000 miles. Yeah. The, mis the mistake got Kiss a well-deserved rousing from bands geographically savvy fans and, of course, lots of amused Europeans. Uh, they knew where they were, obviously. It, it wasn't Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley's mistake because on that day they posted a lot on social media about be uh, being in Vienna. Austria. But isn't this about their 950th farewell tour? <laughs> They're like Vern yeah. Gagne. Yeah. Right. Just keep yeah. going. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> if you ever wanted a one-of-a-kind Ferrari Enzo, now's your chance. Yeah. Okay, here's your chance, Joe. The only Enzo ever finished in white from oh, the factory is I now I like white. Auction. Never mind. Oh, okay. Well, now he's out. One. I'm, gonna take it. I'm out. Yeah, this, this is up for auction at Sotheby's. The one of one Enzo, known by its chassis number, 133023, has rarely been seen since it was built in 2003. It was finished in a shade named Bianco Avis. It's the only Enzo ever delivered in white. It's being offered up with only 6,000 miles on it. Just 400 examples were built, but this chassis is yet more exclusive. One of 20 extra Campionario cars that were delivered with a non-standard paint finish. Those cars went only to Ferrari's most treasured and dedicated customers, highlighting the stature the original owner held with Ferrari itself. The striking white finish, this would be cool, paired with black leather interior. The dash instruments are finished in Rosso Corsa. I don't know what that is. While the interior also features extra-large carbon buckets with rare black cloth inserts. Purists will be glad to know the vehicle comes complete with its red book from the Ferrari department. This confirms the vehicle's condition and its matching numbers status. Uh, if you're wondering how this car came to be originally, it was sold to a highly private German-Swiss billionaire who mostly kept it behind closed doors for 18 years. That's the point. The, the car eventually had been exported to Hong Kong in 2011 where it remained unregistered because it's a left-hand drive. What do they want if, for it? 
Any price uh, mentioned? They have no price. The bidding, though, if you're interested, it's offered without reserve. There's right. no reserve price. So you right. might be able to get it cheap, Joe, if yeah. you want to. I have uh, it here. Early. No, I have it right here. It says uh, you can have it, but you have to come get it before the 4th of July. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where have I heard that before? <laughs> I suppose the bidding starts at about $5 million. Really? Uh, it doesn't say. There's no reserve, so it starts at zero, doesn't it, if there's no I reserve? I guess, I guess. Is there a deluxe battery like bleep, your Pinto? Bleep Ferrari. It's a no, cult. It's I don't like it's it. No, not like that one? Lamborghini it's, guy. If I was a billionaire, I wouldn't own a Ferrari. You're you a Lamborghini Gelato. Too. That's what no, you like. No, not Lamborghini either. You would. If you were a billionaire, you would absolutely buy one, wouldn't you? Nope. What would be the first car, then? A Volkswagen Tiguan. It's an interesting question. Good Chris. selection. Attaboy. When I was in the Ozarks driving back to Springfield, there must have been a car show because there were Lamborghinis and Ferraris on whatever road we were on, uh, at least two dozen. Will you do really? me a favor, Rook? Will you hold the rest of that story for tomorrow when Kenny is dialed in? You know in? who else will not own a Ferrari? Who? Jay Leno. Really? Because I don't like the way they act. They, they, they treat you poorly, and you don't get the Ferrari you want unless they unless you've bought a previous one. And he he doesn't like the way he's been treated as, as huh. on the rare huh. occasions when he's looked for a Ferrari. Hmm. Wouldn't that be great if you had so much money that you you cared that you were mistreated <laughs> right. buying a Ferrari? Right. Ferrari. So it would just be a great. Meanwhile, kids are starving in Sudan. Right. I would like yeah. to be in that position someday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy a lot of yeah. ticket tonight. The bidding starts at three o'clock our time and ends at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Hmm. So uh, no reserve, so you can get it on if you want, Joe. Just yeah. place a bid for 100 bucks. Yeah, you know, start it out. <laughs> a man from Colorado injured after being gored by a bison at Yellowstone National Park, according to park officials. It's the second such incident at the park in a month. Selfie. Th man losing sight with nature. Mm-hmm. Thirty. Uh, this one, not as much. Well, you'll see. A 34-year-old man was walking Monday with his family on a boardwalk near Giant Geyser at Old Faithful when a bull bison just charged at the group. The family did not leave the area, which they probably should have at that point, and the bison continued to charge and gored the man. So uh, my picture has them uh, just uh, standing there looking, going, hey, look, right. the right. bison's coming right at us. Right. What should we do? <laughs> and did, he, did the guy die? Uh, no, the man oh, was, he was, uh, he was He was from Colorado Springs, was transported by ambulance to a hospital, treated for an arm injury. Uh, no word on his condition. This all comes about a month after a bison gored a 25-year-old Ohio woman at the park. That bison was walking near a boardwalk at Black Sand Basin, just north of Old Faithful, when the woman approached. And, uh, yeah, she got within 10 feet. Well, she's an idiot. Yeah, she's, she's. We were in the Badlands smart. a couple of years ago, and there was a couple of guys who I'm going to guess were overserved midday on the Fourth of July, mm -hmm. and they were taunting. Uh, that's, and not, I, that's not bright. I, and I looked at my wife and I said, "We're about to watch a death. Right? This guy's going to get you know pummeled." Yeah. And he Bison wasn't. can can run three times faster than humans. Really? Oh yeah. How about that? Did not know oh, that. Yeah. Uh, park regulations do require visitors to remain more than 25 yards from Bison. A man was arrested this week after trying to shoplift 11 cases of beer from a Safeway in Seattle, according to the police department. Love it. Because that's Happened all that would fit in the trunk. It, well, it, it, no. Hang out here, Rook. Okay. But about 9.30 in the morning on Monday, officers responded to a report of a man walking into a Safeway with his own shopping cart. According to the report, the man loaded 11 cases of beer onto his cart, tried to leave the store. A security guard confronted the man, but the man told the guard if he didn't get away, 
the guard would be pepper sprayed. Well, at that point, of course, the security guard backed off and the man left the store without paying for the beer. Now, he might have gotten away with it except for his mode of transportation. When officers arrived, they found the man across the street attempting to get on a Metro bus with the 11 cases. There you go. It slowed him down is what it did. The man was arrested and booked into the King County Jail yeah. for robbery. He was going to need all that. Mm-hmm. We Bad reporting. We don't get the type of beer. I, you know, that was my first thought when I read yeah. the story. I'm with you on that. Probably did he try to light? Did he try to bring the cart with the beer on I the bus? Know. I have no I, idea. I Bad reporting. Cases. We don't get any reporting anymore. Eleven cases is tough to haul. Natural by ice. Ugh. Natty ice. <laughs> <laughs> A New Jersey man found with nearly one million dollars of cocaine hidden in his electric wheelchair at Baltimore Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport in Maryland. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol officer agents said they stopped 34-year-old Gabriel Ruiz on June 20th, coming in from the Dominican with 13 bricks of cocaine, all hidden within the seat of the chair. Customs at an airport in Charlotte, North Carolina, had discovered 23 pounds of cocaine in a wheelchair last month. That suspect also coming from the Dominican Republic. Uh, when you see the pictures, it looks pretty clever. You think you get away with it because they had to cut open the, yeah, obviously the, the seat. seat. Well, it was yeah, well thought chair. out. Yeah, well, not well enough, apparently. Yeah. Huh? I always get nervous when the airport dog comes by me, even though I've really got nothing to hide. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, what if he smells my cat, and then all of a sudden I'm interrogated for an hour and a half? Right. Those dogs are so spot on. How spot on are they? They yeah. are, but there's a, a lab that's at the airport that uh, he is a yellow lab, and when the, she says, um, you can pet him, the dog is crazy. It's the nicest dog of all time, but then when she says, back on, you can just see them. It's like on-off switch. Huh. Wow. It's really neat to see when they're on and when they're off. So when you and Thomas were doing your rounds and you put dog treats in his back pocket, that probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it was not a good idea. <laughs> Thomas didn't like that one. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you. Oh, golly. <laughs> and a Michigan man said he was having a bad day, so he left work early. He ended up turning his day around with a $1 million lottery jackpot. Nice. 40-year-old Clinton County man told Michigan Lottery officials he might not have bought his 20X cash word. That's probably 20 times. 20 times cash word scratch-off <laughs> ticket from the J&H family stores in Owasso if his day hadn't gotten off to an unpleasant start. He said, I was having a bad day, so I left work early, stopped by to buy the lottery ticket. <laughs> when I scratched it and saw I'd won $1 million, all I could think of was there is no way this is real. The man said he was in such disbelief, he returned to the store immediately to use the ticket scanner. He said, I took the ticket back into the store to scan it, got a message to file a claim. I was still having a hard time believing it was real, so I scanned it on the lottery app to confirm unbelievable feeling when the amount of $1 million came up. He said he will use his winnings to go toward buying a new truck and bolstering his savings account. He will also not buy a Ferrari. All right. No, right. He, he, he won't. Will he will not. All right. Thank you, John. You bet. First, Joe, before we take our pause, I'd like to remind you about our friends at Mosquito Shield. You guys know Ray and Mike, the father and son team that you. operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities? Well, guess what? Getting over mosquitoes and ticks, that's their expertise. They are not like other pest control companies that also spray for bugs. They focus on the mosquitoes and the ticks only. And they also use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. And it was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield, and it's used exclusively by the company. You can't go buy this stuff on the shelf. 
Listen, they're going to take great care of you and your yard. They typically come out every 10 to 17 days for an application, and they will do so until the mosquitoes and ticks go dormant. They also stand behind their work. If for any reason that you need them in between applications, they will do an additional service call at absolutely no charge. And it's because they want you to choose when it's time to go inside, not the mosquitoes and the ticks. So get in touch with them today. You can find them online at MoShield.com. That's M-O-Shield.com. Or just give Ray and Mike a call directly at 612-619-1556, MoShield.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Garage Logic Podcast. So our buddy Vic dumped a can of seafoam into his roommate's auto because evidently it was running weird. He didn't say why, but he did. Anyways... He gets a phone call from her saying, the vehicle doesn't sound like it used to, and I'm going to call the mechanic. So Vic has to come clean. He admits he dumped a can of seafoam in, and instantly the game of flaws is on because now she's wondering what else has uh, Vic done that he didn't tell her about it. Not thanks, hon, for looking out for me or, gee whiz, that seafoam must be a magic elixir. No, it's what else haven't you told me? So the moral of the story here is if you dump a can of seafoam into the wife's or the hubby's crap can, come clean, tell him or her you just did a solid for him, and everything will be okay. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's a miracle in a can, and it's absolutely the best thing you can do for your cylinders. Available the world over, it's seafoam. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Make a move. Boy, it would be really nice to make a move. How about a nice vacation move? How about a trip to Croatia? It's the rookie here. I want to tell you about Escape With Us Vacations, the Croatian yacht adventure. My sisters, Teresa and Maria, own this travel agency, and I highly recommend whenever you travel, you use a travel agent and specifically uh, Escape With Us Vacations because they do a fantastic job. Now back to this Croatian yacht adventure. That's where they did some of the Game of Thrones stuff. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you're going to see some one. Teresa and Marie have been on this trip. Beautiful scenery. It's the first week in October, the first through the eighth, and everything is up front. It's twenty four ninety nine per person, and you can go and check out the itinerary. Get in touch with Teresa and Marie at Escape with Us Vacations, and they'll give you the itinerary on the Bella. Everything. It shows the boat. It shows the routes. It shows the ports. There's no surprises here, and this is going to be a wonderful trip for you guys, and you get to meet my sisters. Now, there's a couple of guys that already called me, emailed me today and said, hey, or this past week, uh, Paul, he said, hey, are your sisters putting on that trip to Croatia? Yes, he's already been in contact with them. Fantastic, guys. Steve G., are your sisters the travel agent? I love that you garage logicians are responding to these ads. They're wonderful people. They're great travel agents. Call them at 651-788-4338. You can email travel at escapewithusvacations.com. Over 70 years combined experience. They'll treat you right. Use a travel agent. Use Escape With Us Vacations. That Croatia pretty nice place, huh? It is beautiful. <laughs> they said it was one of the most beautiful. You know who else? Oh. Uh, our boss. Right would go to Croatia. When a you, great, beautiful place. When you introduce GLers, you go, hey, meet my nieces. Hey, meet my sisters. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Teresa and Maria are fun as hell. No, I've met both of your sisters, and yes. they're both awesome. Are they leading the trip? Uh, yes. So they, they already know the good spots to show you and point out. Will you be there in a Speedo? 
Hopefully I'll be there in 2023. Nice. (laughs) Yes. At the failed academy known as Cornell University, a bust of President Abraham Lincoln and a plaque of the Gettysburg Address have been removed from the Cornell University Library. Precious. So precious. Because somebody complained. We don't, why, the, what, we don't what even know what the complaint what? was. Complain about what? Someone complained Jeez. and it was gone. Cornell uh, biology professor Randy Wayne told the college fix. The bust of Lincoln and the bronze plaque of the former president's historic 1863 address have been in the Croke Library, where the university's division of rare and manuscript collections is located since 2013. It's gone now. They, I'm looking at a that's, picture of the empty shelf. We don't know why. Wrong. We don't know why. It's a failed academy, though. Well, you get one person to complain. Why don't you have a little meeting with that person and tell them what you think? It's a tough. Ooh, I almost said it, too. Mm-hmm. Tough beans. Yeah. Tough beans. Why don't you have a little meeting with that person and say, Here, here's the deal. You know uh, about Abe Lincoln? Do you a, know about a, 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 we're not removing this. And B, you're a moron. Right. Right. I don't know what the reason could have been. I, what? what? Go ahead, Johnny. I was true. No, I was just to say, what can you complain about Abraham Lincoln? But at and what, the Gettysburg Address. At what yeah. point? But what is the number of people that forces someone to act to do this? Apparently it's one at the one? failed academy. Yeah. You know what's going to be an interesting study, and I'm dead serious about this, to see the declining enrollments throughout the entire country at mm-hmm. a lot of these precious God, institutions I hope so. like this. I hope so. And also the and the amount of money that's being received, that's maybe been taken back from boosters and sponsors and things of that nature. President Lincoln's bust was part of a temporary exhibit on the 150th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address. The bust was on display in the rare and manuscript collections from 2013 to 2021. Rebecca Valley, director of media relations at Cornell, told Fox News. Cornell proudly possesses one of the five known copies of the Gettysburg Address in Lincoln's hand. The original is safely sequestered with a digital facsimile on permanent display. Additionally, five electronic Lincoln exhibitions are available for 24-7 viewing online, she said. What We don't know what the, what the complaint was. Yeah, and, and nobody's answering questions. The president no. won't answer questions, right. president of the college. And what a, the whole academy is a miserable failure. It's just a failure. And when I say failure, it's a failure of their mission. They don't educate. They re-educate. They're not educated. Lincoln was your guy. And I have to note, you know, the term lumberjacked. Mm -hmm. Stillwater. When it applies to something that was too successful, it got lumberjacked, like the Stillwater lumberjack days. It's coming back. Is it? Yeah, the fireworks show in the Lumberjack days is making a comeback oh, I gotta look this after up. a two-year hiatus. Uh, huh. In Stillwater, the past two summers haven't been the same without the July 4th fireworks show, but they're coming back now. Stillwater's been known to have the biggest shells in the state of Minnesota. A lot of places are shooting three- to six-inch shells. We're shooting 12-inch shells here, said Mike Polena. Pol... Pol... Yeah, Polena, vice mayor and council member in Stillwater. July 15th through the 17th, Well, two years ago, COVID wiped it out. Sure. Last year, they called it all over the country, but supply chain issues meant they couldn't find fireworks. But this year, they got it. It's a comeback. There'll be twenty to 25,000 people who pack the waterfront. The fireworks are choreographed to music and community sing-alongs. Huh. That'll be fun. Yeah. <coughs> 
Excuse me. Health. Excuse me. The only issue, and I've I've attended a few of Lumberjack Days. The only issue, maybe that's changed now with the new bridge, is just getting in and out of Stillwater before and after the well, event. Well, she's down there in the holler. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's down there in the holler. Mm-hmm. Got to come in the back way. That's what we do from up north here. Uh, we have, uh, now I'm getting more information on fireworks, but none of it's germane to the idea that uh, they're making their return in Stillwater. There'll be no fireworks in St. Paul or Minneapolis GL that I'm trip? aware of. GL trip to Lumberjack Days? Uh, no, I have a thing on the 15th. You got that going? Well, it's through the 17th. I have a thing on 15th, 16th, and 17th. You're, you're booked, He's, very busy. Huh? He's, He's booked. really busy. He's booked all weekend. <laughs> busy, all, busy all weekend all for Joe. And not finally, but most crucially, Herschel Woody Williams, America's last surviving World War II vet to have received a Medal of Honor, passed away surrounded by his family last night. He was 98. He was the last of the 473 American service members who received a Medal of Honor in World War II. He spent his final days with family at a hospital in his home state of West Virginia. Family members called on Americans to pray for him. Uh, as he lives out his last days, we welcome and appreciate any additional prayers lifted up on behalf hmm. of Woody and his family. His family said in a statement on his condition. America's 80, 63 Living Medal of Honors recipients honored Williams in a statement. Uh, I thought he was the last one. He's the last World War II Medal of Honor winner, but we have 63 living Medal of Honor recipients. They could have been earned in different wow. conflicts. Wow. We don't have many left, do we? Friends of and family of Woody Williams knew him as a West Virginia farmer's son and the youngest of 11 kids who dutifully supported his family after his father died. They wrote in a statement through the Congressional Medal of Honor Society, Fellow Marines knew him as the corporal who volunteered for a mission on Iwo Jima to clear a lane through enemy pillboxes that were destroying American tanks. How about that? Hmm. Veterans in West Virginia knew him as their advocate through his work as a veteran service representative. Gold Star families knew Woody through his work, raising money for scholarships and other programs through the Woody Williams Foundation. They continued, we, his fellow Medal of Honor recipients, knew him as our friend and one of our heroes. We will miss him greatly. Wow. Williams was a U.S. Marine. He received his medal from President Harry Truman for heroism during the Battle of Iwo Jima in 1945. He was a flamethrower on Iwo Jima and is credited with serving, uh, destroying multiple Japanese pillboxes and other gun emplacements while virtually unaided and at great danger to himself. Williams wiped out position after position uh, after the course of four hours returning to American lines only to refuel his weapon. He last appeared in public public on Memorial Day where he participated in a veterans event in Huntington, West Virginia. He remarked to local media at the time that the event gave him hope for a resurgence of patriotism in the U.S. I bet he had trouble going through metal detectors with that pair that he had. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think he alarmed every time. (laughs) And only because they come to us all the way. From where? Mpumalanga, South Africa, the Traveling Lymans, uh, WorldWideWaftage.com. On this day in 1837, Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton, widow of Alexander Hamilton, visited Fort Snelling and viewed points of interest, including Lake Calhoun 
and Minnehaha Falls. It says bidet make a sky here, but I'm saying Lake Calhoun. Got it, got it. Uh, she is one of the first female tourists to visit the area. On this day in 1854, Congress established the principle of offering land grants to railroads. Federal land grants eventually totaled 10 million acres, 18.5% of the state's land, ranking Minnesota fourth among the states in acreage granted. Anything in there about probably starting up a pilot program for guaranteed income families? No, that comes later. Oh. On this day in 1861, William James William James Mayo was born in Lesseur. As an adult, he joined the medical practices of his dad, William Worrell Mayo, leading to the creation with his brother Charles of the Mayo Clinic. Nice. And on this day in 1863, a group of Dakota who had avoided capture after the 1862 war attack on the Dustin Farm near Howard Lake in Wright County killed four settlers. On this day in 1905, Chisholm's Archibald Moonlight Graham mm. played his only game as a major leaguer with the New York Giants. He would be celebrated in W.P. Kinsella's novel Shoeless Joe, later translated to the screen as Field of Dreams. And he lost it. Why? Because that little girl choked on a hot dog. Mm -hmm. On this day in 1916, reflecting nationwide attitudes about prohibition, Duluth adopted a ban on alcohol sales within the city. And finally, on this day in 1922, John H. Vesey Jr. was born in Minneapolis. Vesey would lie about his age to join the Minnesota National Guard in 1939. In World War II, he would fight in North Africa and at Anzio, Italy, where he would win a Bronze Star and earn a battlefield commission as an officer. He would win a Distinguished Service Cross in Vietnam and serve as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under President Ronald Reagan from 1982. To 1985. Here, 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 sir. Here, here, sir. Harump to you, sir. Thank you, GLers. Before we go, Joe, I would like to thank all of the GLers that joined me out at the 50th anniversary celebration for our friends at Hofferman Water. That was a lot of fun on Saturday. Met a lot of really cool GLers. And also, guess what I did mostly, Joe? What? They'd come up to me. (laughs) Joe still does a show. Oh, man. Every, every Give me day. Your phone. Does one every day. Give me your phone. Uh, so it converted five different people on Saturday. Both Chris, Ron, and I did. It was fantastic. So uh, if you haven't done so already, by the way, get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems. And, of course, drinking water systems. And guess what I'm going to be buying very soon? Thanks to Jim, of course. I'm getting a drinking water system. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage. They're going to protect your appliances. And I'm not kidding when I say your showers are going to be better, your laundry is going to be better, and not to mention your drinking water. So get in touch with my friends at Hofferman today. I had my new Connecticut system installed the second we moved into our new house. 952-894-4040. It's because she made me do it, by the way. Right. Or visit HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for nearly 50 years. And also, not to mention that, uh, Rook, guess what? we got to let all the GLers know that the crack staff at Garage Logic is launching a new feature for you. What is it? That we think you're going to love. You have to sign up today to receive the Daily Logician. It's a newsletter to keep you up to date on everything happening everything. in Garage Logic. The newsletter is coming soon, but you can get signed up now by just visiting the website garagelogic.com, which I believe 
Joe is going to be writing a daily column for this website. Is that correct? <laughs> I think it's weekly. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's yeah. weekly. Yeah. But that. thoughts from the mayor. Just yeah, not saying, daily. Not daily. No. Oh, not okay. Daily. Anyway, so yeah. please, please do that. In it's a weekly roundup of the of the week shows. Yes. Yes. It'll be cool. Be, it'll yes. Be, they probably probably think we get enough of the mayor's thoughts during right. the week. Right? Yeah, that's right. We really do, don't we? We really do, don't we? <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I will tell you that uh, Pod MN is available to you on your smartphone for a library of podcasts. We hope you'll patronize that as well. Pod MN. Listen local, baby. Also, YouTube. You got some YouTubers signing up right there for Garage Logic. Come on down. YouTube, Garage Logic. Sign up. You will be entertained, I can guarantee you. And again, find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tinder. Tinder. Are we on Tinder? We are. I'm not. (laughs) I've never been on Tinder in my life. What's Tinder? Yeah. It's Tinder or Tinder? All right, GLers, thanks. Is Is that like a steak? Can be. Ciao.